Before we get started with this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, let me let you know that it's brought to you by Draft, Draft.com. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on Draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? That's why you need to try Draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than 1 million people have already downloaded Draft. Playing a real-life NBA, NFL, or for this podcast purpose, PGA Draft right now. Be done drafting in under five minutes and get paid out the day the tournament is done. The PGA version is great. You draft, you enjoy the four days, and you collect your money Sunday night. Drafts are filling every second so you can join them whenever you want. All new players, this is the catch. All new players, when they make their first deposit, get entry into a real money draft by using the promo code SD Sports. You gotta use the promo code SD Sports to get that free entry. That's right. Playing a real money draft for free by using the promo code SD Sports. But it gets even better. For some crazy reason you do not like draft, they are offering a hundred dollar money back guarantee. Just search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and come play for free right now. But you have to use the promo code SD Sports. Void or prohibited, must be 18 or older. See website for details. Offer must be redeemed within 14 days. Now, welcome to this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. Lay. Yeah. Yeah. is in the building, nigga. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, previewing the 2018 Valero Texas Open this week. We'll recap the RBC, as always, and then break down your DraftKings slate. But before we do so, let me uh, introduce the co-host. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how we doing, man? Doing all right, man. Got a little, got a little uh, allergies or something going on, so pardon me if I sound weird. And no worries, no worries. And then Bucks is at a business function this evening, so he won't be joining us this week. But we have a, a previous guest. You can find his work on thesportsteachings.com. He's on Twitter at, at all day every three six five. Rob, how we doing, man? Good. Thanks for bringing me back on. Sorry, Bucks couldn't make it, but hopefully I can fill in just half of what he does. No, we're glad to have you. We, uh, we loved having you before, and we'll definitely have you on throughout the season as it works out for everybody's schedule. But um, I'll be totally honest. I was busy the last few days. I didn't get to see much of the RBC besides checking my phone and highlights. Uh, Jesse, anything, any good takeaways from the weekend? You know, Satoshi Kodera, I probably butchered that. Kodara <laughs> got his first win in a playoff for Siwoo Kim. Uh, any good takeaways from the weekend? Yeah, the uh... – well, the, the one issue was, you know, of course, there was no uh, coverage on Saturday or Sunday except for the tape delay. So I didn't even watch it, but I did wake up and start sweating shot, shot Tracker, which Shot Tracker was awful all week long. <laughs> you followed along with it. It was probably the worst week I've ever seen of just complete trolling by the Shot Tracker people. Um, anyways, so as tilting as that was, then, of course, the weather moves in, pushes it back, can't even watch it, and then. Siwoo, who actually had rostered and I never do, you know, couldn't couldn't make a putt inside ten feet on the in, on the back nine and shot like forty seven on the back nine to go into a playoff. I mean, it was just a a clusterfuck, man. And I'm I'm ready to move on. 
Yeah, it was. Let's look at the leaderboard alone. Like, I, I like seeing jungle messes, but that was a just mess. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, more power to you guys if you got it in. Rob, how did you? Uh, what any good takeaways from the weekend? Yeah, I agree with Jesse. The, the Sunday coverage is just a debacle. It's, it's got to get figured out at some point. Uh, not being able to see, I get it live. Like, give me some sort of coverage on Golf Channel of something right. following. Like, give me anything at that point, but. Obviously, CBS just turns a blind eye and 2.30 rolls around and acts like it's sunny and okay. <laughs> but, yeah, as Jesse's saying, it was interesting to see kind of everybody kind of get bundled up. And it, I don't even think it was Siwoo. I think it was just pretty much everybody couldn't make a putt on the back nine. And Kid Ira came from had a pretty good uh, Sunday. I think he was like five or six under. But, you know, 6,600 is an awesome steal for a lot of people on draft games. Not yeah. surprising, I think. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, let's before we get into the Valero Texas Open, we'll usually do a little fan share segment now to kind of repack, recap the past week. And this will be even even cooler new segment for us now because our very own Jesse will be writing the weekly segment on FanshareSports.com. And it's kind of I, I don't know why I read your article earlier. And I thought it was phenomenal. And then I see the headline again and I just laughed and you'll know why I laughed. And I'll leave that as an inside joke until anybody can figure it out. But uh, it's called Hindsight. RBC Heritage by Jesse. Um, Jesse, kind of let us know what you uh, you found out by looking back on this. Yeah, the uh, so one 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 main thing that I um, anymore with uh, with Fancy Labs and their ownership dashboard, you can go back at least to last year's golf tournament and kind of look at the ownership and also points and who did well and who was the chalk and so on and so forth. So I've been doing that quite a bit here recently, just to try to get a gauge of where things were last year. Cause I, I do think that things do carry over, you know, year to year. So anyways, to last year, the perfect lineup was all $7,000 guys and it ended up leaving like about almost $5,500 on the table this year. Perfect lineup leaves over $2,000 on the table. Um, the only real kind of chalky guy was Webb Simpson. Um, he was, I think third highest owned in the $5 um, at 23%. He finished with 92 points. He did have 31 tags on Fanshare, which was good, I think, for like about top three. Um, and I talked about in the article, you know, and we talk about it all the time, Bub, on this podcast, is that you don't have to totally avoid chalk. You know, you can, um, you can grab a guy that you like, even if you think he's going to be high owned and get different elsewhere. Um, and if you were able to do that with, with Webb and a couple of these other guys this week, you know, you probably had a pretty good. Uh, you probably had a pretty good week because the 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 guys above ten thousand, nobody really performed up to their salary expectations. Um, it was pretty much Webb uh, and then a couple others. Uh, but anyways, you know, Kadara obviously next to not owned, sixty six hundred bucks, one point two or one point one percent owned. He was the highest score on the on the slate. Bryson had a great Sunday. He had a lot of birdies, just a lot of bad holes, um, which. He was just behind Kodaira at uh, 112 points. Um, and then Siwoo uh, was only about 5% owned. Luke List, um, who I talked about last week on the pod, was only about 10% owned. Uh, and Billy Horschel just came out of nowhere, um, and he was less than 1% owned. Uh, and the web was was actually the sixth highest score on the slate. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot of different ways to, you know, kind of, look at that ownership and, and what, and what, you know, drove the ownership last week. Um, 
I do think that, you know, some of the higher on guys like Zach Johnson and, and Charlie Hoffman are kind of considered more um, safe plays. And therefore that's why they got rostered, especially after Hadwin withdrew, they were pretty safe uh, pivots off of, uh, off of Hadwin. So it kind of bumped up their stuff, but uh, yeah, I got a full write up over there. Um, and, you know, it goes a lot more in depth, talks about Luke Donald and, all kinds of different things. Um, so I won't bore you guys with all the details there, but it's just kind of a, a brief synopsis of it. No, it's a really cool breakdown, kind of recaps the good, the bad, and kind of how you could have pivoted. And you, you mentioned some of Logan Harper's work, which we, we like to talk about a lot because it's quality stuff there, uh, getting you ready for pivots and everything like that. So there's a lot to see there. Um, Rob, was there – we always ask Bucks, was there anything that kind of caught your attention ownership-wise that stood out to you in a good or a bad way last week? No, not really. I think Jesse kind of hit it on the head. I think guys went pretty safe there considering, you know, it, it seemed like DJ would get under-owned no matter what just because everybody was trying to look for the short hitter. You know, they played the Russell Boxes of the world. Um, and it, it seemed like DFS Twitter on Sunday all had the same type of guys uh, all in that lineup, whether it be a Siwoo or, like you were saying, Webb. Webb was kind of ultra-chalky at that point. But, you know, coming off the Masters and seeing the kind of bump in, in DeChambeau's price, kind of I was surprised it didn't scare people off. But it, considering how well he played, I guess it was well worth it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, one thing I want to ask you guys, I know Jesse plays draft. Rob, do you play draft at all? The app draft. I haven't played it at all this year. They they made some changes to it because last year I remember I remember playing some tournaments or trying to sit around for drafts a couple days in advance and I just couldn't do it. It's just a mental thing. But I definitely think it's worth starting to look into. I know my friend John who pointed me in the direction of this. He's been playing a little bit more draft in terms of PGA and he finds that there's some there is an edge over there right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I know Jesse and I talk about it a lot. The reason I wanted to bring it up is, you know, there's four or five sports going on right now. There's a ton of ways to do it. And if you're frustrated with DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever for whatever sport, especially golf, as it's a golf podcast, it's a lot of fun because you can play like the dream teams and just pick the teams, the five golfers you want, or you can do like a, a snake style draft. So there's no duplicates. You can't, you don't have to worry about ownership or anything. You just take the guys you want when you want them. And shameless plug time, if you want to try it for the first time and you make a deposit, free entry into a $3 tournament with promo code SD Sports. So go check it out. It's in your app store under draft or online at draft.com. With that out of the way, let's talk about the Valero Texas Open. Kind of a fun tournament. Next year it will be the in spot of the Houston Open, so before the Masters, but now a couple weeks after. Uh, Jesse, give us some past event history. Uh, yeah, so it's been played – at this same golf course, uh, I do believe for a while. Um, anyways, uh, last year, Kevin Chappell beat Brooks Kepka by one shot. Uh, he finished at 12 under Charlie Hoffman, 12 under again, one shot over Patrick Reed in 2016. Uh, Jimmy Walker was the champion in 2015, 11 under, uh, over Jordan Spieth by four shots. Um, one Stephen Bowditch was the 2014 champion, uh, shot eight under, uh, and beat two different guys um, there. And then there's some, there is some guys we'll talk about here, but there's quite a few who have uh, good course history here. So this will be an interesting week. 
Yeah, no, that's a good point you make. When I was doing research, I noticed the course history. There's some guys, you know, there's always the Texas guy narrative. Yep. Um, some some Aussies have done very well here. You mentioned Bado and a couple others that have won here or finished very high. So it's a very interesting week, especially when you look at the pricing. There'll be some guys in the 10K and above that kind of make you double-check things a little bit. But uh, before we do that, I'm going to do my best bucks at the moment, give a course preview. It won't be nearly as in-depth as bucks is, but uh, read a couple websites, put a couple things together, and uh, it'll be played at the TPC San Antonio Oaks course. Uh, Greg Norman design course, maybe why some of the Aussies do well there. He has a, a, a maybe a knack of bringing some of Australia to here. And it's also co-designed or helped by Sergio Garcia. Um, it's over 7,400 yards, 7,435 yards to be exact, par 72. So it's definitely a bomber's paradise. The longer guys can do well here. You still have to be accurate, though, because there are a lot of trees right along the fairway. So not a lot of room to go wild in a ton of native area. Um, when I was researching this, it brought back memories of Kevin Nod trying to hit a million times in a native area. There's a lot of things that just make it bad if you get out of place. So the thing you mentioned about course history, they say it's very important here. You need to know when to just play it smart and kind of lay up or if you can actually go for shots. makes it very, very tough. Um, the par fives aren't always the most reachable holes. Even the biggest of the bombers are going to have trouble getting in there. Um, so it will be interesting to see. They said in the last like five, six years, it's the sixth lowest course on par fives to eagle. And usually, you know, we've, especially lately, we've been talking about courses where the par fives, that's where you attack it. That's where you get your eagles. Heck, Augusta, you're getting eagles on par fives and you're, you were winning. Um, also, the sixth lowest birdie uh, course, because the par fives can be troublesome as well. Ten par fours, four par fives, four par threes, Bermuda greens, um, and another thing is we'll get into the weather. There's supposed to be some interesting windy situations copping up and everything. And um, the downhill holes where you think you're going to get that edge yardage-wise, they play into the wind. And the uphill holes play with the wind behind you. So that leverage you think you're gaining, not so much on these windy circumstances, which we might see. So the course is definitely designed to challenge these golfers and benefit the big boys. So it'll be uh, curious to see how it plays out. Yeah, with the weather, with the weather too, it's something to definitely keep an eye on. Um, I think it was two years ago when it kicked up real bad in the afternoon, and all the morning guys, I think it was on Thursday, went out nice conditions, and then it got like forty miles an hour in the afternoon and just murdered everybody who went out that afternoon. So I missed that warning, um, but <laughs> <laughs> but if you played all the morning guys, so that's, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but that it was, it's something to definitely, cause there's usually a, an advantage on a tee time at this play. Yeah. And I basically heard it's already looking like maybe that early, late tee time Thursday, early, late Friday might be the route to go. But uh, like you said, Jesse is keep an eye on it. Uh, there's all kinds of different apps and things you can check out. Let's get into the key stats we're looking for this week. Rob, what's key stats are you looking for uh, as you're building your lineups? Yeah, so you were you were talking about the length of it. Um, looking at some of the previous winners, you know, you could find sneaky long guys like a Kevin Chapel, um, you know, Brooks Kepka kind of long. Last year was kind of going to be the Tony Now tournament, but he didn't end up winning again. And so I, I'm looking for anything driving off the tee, uh, tee to green distance. Actually, is actually one of the things I'm looking at. Six of the last seven winners I was reading today on Twitter were in the top 15 in driving distance. Um, so definitely focusing on that. I'm not putting too much on putting. If the Charlie Hoffmans and Kevin Chappells of the world can come and win here, anybody can kind of come and win here, if you ask me. Especially, yeah, yeah who knows if it's going to be Ryan Palmer week. 
Um, but yeah, pretty much anything off the tee, I think if you're, when I punch those guys into any type of model, the usual names pop up, which we'll talk about later. What about you, Jesse? What are you looking for? Yeah, similar, uh, looking at bombers, so driving distance, um, part of the usual greens and regulation, uh, like, you know, like usual, uh, recent birdie or better. Um, and then also par five scoring. Um, I just think it's important to get the guys who can go after par fives. No, I'm with you guys on board with all that stuff. So I'm not even going to bore it with the third repeat of it. We take this brief break in the always pressing PGA DFS podcast to talk to you about Rotoware, one of the greatest shirts in fantasy sports. They have DFS shirts, fantasy season long, all kinds of great shirts. They're the best quality shirts in the industry. No other brand can compete with Rotoware in terms of quality, premium blend fabric, super soft, comfortable, athletic fit shirts, specialized printing process, designed as part of the shirt, literally dyed bleached into the fabric, no thick ink. It's ridiculous the amount of options you can find, over 30 different designs. Fantasy football, baseball, hockey, basketball, DFS, they keep coming out with more and more and more stuff. Men's, women's, kids, you name it, they've got it. There's lots of buzz kicking up in the fantasy industry about it. People are wearing these shirts. They're representing the shirts. They are great quality shirts. And you can have one too. You can have more than one, as many as you want. Just use the promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, DEGENS, for 20% off your order. Go to rotoware.com. Or go to at Rotoware on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out what they have. They're giving away free shirts all the time on Twitter. But when you go to purchase, use the code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, for 20% off your order. Now back to the always pressing PGA TFS podcast. Let's get into what the people want to hear, and that's the DraftKings picks. And we have five guys over $10,000 this week. we got Garcia at 12000 Matt Kuchar, 11-4, just continues to play every week. Eventually, I think this is going to catch up with him, but I'll get into that in my spiel. You got Charlie Hoffman, 10-9 pass winner. Ryan Moore, 10-2. And Luke List at $10,000. Jesse, kick us off in the 10K and above. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to pay up for some of these guys. Like Sergio, obviously, probably the class of the field, so I, I get why he's – 12,000, but at the same time, like he's got, he, he has to win to pay that off. And I don't know that I'm willing to chance that. Um, I mean, he just didn't look that great in Augusta. Obviously, he had the one bad hole, but even after that, he didn't play very well. Uh, Cooch at 11 4, uh, I don't know, especially on a long golf course. I can't do Charlie Hoffman. Um, Ryan Moore, I said the same thing about Ryan Moore last year. He was priced up like this. I was reading my article from last year, and he was priced up, and, and he ended up finishing 18. He has finished eighth here in the past. Um, so I think he has some merit. But the guy that I really like is Luke List. Uh, I do think he'll be very chalky, though, so I'm not very excited about it. Yeah, I feel you there. Uh, what about you, Rob? Yeah, same boat. Um I think Sergio is probably worth the play. Like you were saying, he had a bad Masters, but before that, he was he was gonna be a super chalky guy. He probably burned everybody that's talking right now about uh, in the Masters. Um, but yeah, I think List at this point with what he's done in the last couple of tournaments, he gets three uh, what top tens in his last five tournaments. He's gained strokes off the tee and approach in five straight. Really, there's like no stat out there that he's really bad at outside of putting. And like you said earlier, putting, you know, don't look at the shot tracker when you get to the green. Just hope and pray you find you know, <laughs> a, a blue box on shot tracker after he leaves the hole. But 
Yeah, I think the other guys, it's such a crappy field. I think you need to, you're going to have to pay up for guys. But, you know, it, when you were saying, Jesse, earlier about the fan share guys being all 7K in RBC, it might be one of those tournaments this year when you look at the people that are in the 7K this year that it kind of pulls over to this tournament too. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said there, especially that last portion about Jesse's article and the 7K idea because uh, I've been a big fan of just the balanced lineups lately, and I've been avoiding the 10K range, and I'll probably do it again this week. Um, I had five or six guys make it last week, and one was Molinari, and I still cashed in every tournament it was in. So it, it just – you never know. Um, but Sergio, like you said, is class of the field, so if you want to, I get it, but he's going to win it. Um I'm looking at I, – I can see taking Charlie Hoffman as tilting as he can be just because you can't ignore this course history here. It's insane. He's basically a T10 or better outside of last year's T40 in four straight years. He's really – he's, he's going to knock it out for you at 10-9. But I'm with you, Jesse and Rob, and it's going to be chalky as hell, but I'm on the Luke List bandwagon. Um, you turned me on to him, I think, a few weeks ago, Jesse, and I've been playing him almost every week. And at $10,000 – I think this is his time to kind of break through. I wouldn't be shocked if he's a top five again, if not on the podium this week. So uh, give me Luke List at $10,000. Let's go to the 9K range where it's funny. You know, you have five over 10,000. Let's go to 9K. We have four golfers. Um, <laughs> you got Adam Scott. You got Chappie, the defending champion. Scott's won here before, too. You got Billy Horschel at 91 and Brant Snedeker at 9,000. It's kind of week in and week out. It's kind of a boomer bust guy. Rob, who do you like him in the 9K range? Yeah, so I'm going to go back to what you were saying earlier about Ozzy's doing well here. I mean, you know, I'll pay up for Adam Scott. I think uh, the other three guys in this territory just scare me all too much. Like, I was all over Chapel last week, and he burned me with a double on, I think, 16 or 17. Missed the cut. Um, Billy Hull, I have no idea at this point. Like, if you look at his course history, it's insane. But the way he's playing this year is not really worth it. Like you're saying, Boomer Bust Grant at 9K. You can just find better options in the next range to kind of offset anything he has to do. Yeah, exactly. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, it's a, it's weird that, that this <laughs> pricing is so fucking strange. Um, Adam Scott has some merit. I mean, Billy Horschel last week, what was he, $7,200 or something like that? And this week yep. he's 91. Um, I did read that basically he made a little bit of a change in his putter, and he just – either lengthened it or shortened it, um, but he, he changed the length of it overall, and that's what led him to gaining two spots on the field on the putting green, which is really why he finished so well. Um, so can he carry that over? I don't know. I think he might be a GPP play at this price, but I don't I mean paying 9100 bucks for him. He's got like – he's just been not – he's not been good. I mean, he's so inconsistent. I, I don't understand – Look at his course, course history. Uh, he does have great course history, but he did he miss the cut last year. All or nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's literally top five or miss the cut for him. Like, that's what it just seems like. I don't understand how he's so up and down. Um, Sneds, man, I I like the play on Sneds. He's just been so bad, like, on the weekends here recently. Um, he was in contention going into Saturday. This past week sucked. Sunday, nothing special. You know, just costing me money. So I, I, I think he's got some merit there um, at nine thousand. Uh, but I'm with you, Bubba, on the fact that playing this is this is the balanced lineups portion of the season, and it's hard to get into that mindset 
But this is really when it begins from here to the U.S. Open. I mean, it's just you got to you got to until some of these big guys come back uh, and there's a bigger golf tournament. You, know, you just got to go balanced and try to get 66 through and try to get, you know, six guys that are 40 to one instead of one guy that's 10 to one and has to win. And then three other guys who are 100 to one, you know, so. That's the way I look at it now. So, I, I mean, I don't know how much I'll have of these guys. Um, probably stick to a lot of these guys in the next range and in the 7,000s. This, this is a weird field, though. Yeah, it's a weird field, and it's kind of what we've talked about certain weeks in these smaller tournaments. A, if, if a big name's here, like a Sergio or a Cooch, some of it's just, you know, sponsor-based, Sergio's co-creator of the course, the, some liability. Like, you have to be at these things. Um, mm-hmm. And we saw it with DJ. He was good, but by no means did he make value last week at RBC. Yeah. And – it's the same thing, like we said last week with DJ. You wouldn't be shocked if any one of these guys won, but you're almost less shocked if they play poorly. It's like it's what you're looking for now. But uh, back to the 9K range, I do. It, it, this is a total GPP range. I wouldn't trust any of these guys in cash. Maybe it's Adam Scott. I'm just not an Adam Scott guy. I know Rob's a cash guy, so if he likes him, I fully support that that cause. I just he tilts me to no end. Um, but but Chappie at 93. I could see throwing a dart at depending champion and back-to-back missed cuts after playing some really good golf for a while. The ownership to me should be very, very low outside of the defending champion part. So let's keep an eye on that. Billy, Billy Ho's the other one I like because I read up that thing you're talking about the putter. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy, but he tweeted at him and then Billy Ho responded and they talked via DM or something else. And he got all the information, talked about how he shortened the length and it's perfect for the ping putter he's using. And we've seen a guy named Rory McIlroy recently change his putter, and it worked really well. And certain other groups of guys, no, by no means am I saying Billy Ho is Rory McIlroy. But at this course, in this field, he can make a, a, an interesting situation for him at 91. So those are the two I'd be looking at. Still, scary situation. <laughs> Let's get down to the 8,000s where there's a lot more like. you got Brennan Steele, Xander, Ollie. Siwoo Kim, and I, I'm not going to do the, the, the thing. Um, Hadley, Pat Perez, Palmer, Walker, Hostler, ZJ, and Laird. And I'll kick it off here. Uh, I do like Brennan Steele. Good course history here. Coming off a missed mm-hmm. cup prior to that, top 20 machine at 8900 bucks. I do like him quite a bit at this course. You know, shot, a shot makers type course where you can you could design it the way you want. Uh, Xander Shoffley is a guy, 8800 bucks. Only appearance here was last year, and he missed a cut. It doesn't bother me as much as the way this guy's playing, the way he finished last year, and he just continued it week in and week out. So Xander at 88, I like a lot, but I've already heard his name a ton, so beware yeah. there. Um, I, I'm going to skip down to Patty Perez. Absolutely love him at 8,400 bucks. You, you just hit, you mentioned it uh, on the thing, Jesse, about the balance lineups, and I said it. When you get into this range, you want guys that are 40 to 1, which these guys all are. And you just wanted to make the cut and then, then see what happens on the weekend. Pat Perez, four for four on cut series, got a top uh, a top 10. And it's Pat Perez. He plays really, really good golf. Um, I don't mind him at all. Jimmy Walker, past champion at 8,200. I would give him a shot here with that Texas narrative. And then I do like Bo Hoster at 81. It's a guy I'm always on, but talk about price jumps like you talked with Billy Ho. Bo Hoster is getting a hell of a price jump this week. He's usually down the high sixes, low sevens. So he's getting a pop up there. Last guy I'll mention, because I always think he's underpriced, and he is a weekly cash game target, is Zach Johnson. At $8,000, he makes cuts. He makes it interesting. That's what he does. But I, as you can tell, I only named half the field in the 8K range. So I like I like, I like this one a lot. Uh, Rob, what do you like in the 8K range? Yeah, I'm, I'm all about steel this week. It's 
spurts and up the field the last 12 rounds. Um, he was 11th in driving distance, which was actually surprising to me in this field. Um, so I think he's another guy to target, especially because he plays really well in the wind too. Um, he just sucks around the greens. So if he's not hitting, if he's not hitting greens, you're in trouble there. Um, and the other guy, I think for ownership's sake, like you said, is Paparez. He just hasn't played a lot this year, which is kind of surprising. I think he's played outside of the Masters last week. He just played in the WGC. He hasn't really been anywhere else to be after, especially considering everybody was talking about him coming another year because he played so well across the seas. Um, and then, of course, you have the, the Ryan Palmer question, to be or not to be. Uh, you know, I'm off of him, I think, this week. I don't think it's anything worth risking. He's just been so bad um, approach game. But, you know, he shows up here, and he always seems to find a way to, to put together four rounds. It doesn't make any sense to me. But um, and I, I think Party Marty is always a guy that I like to play just – just because he always seems to go under the radar, but he always can, he's always on the leaderboard come Saturday. You know, he's not around Sunday for some reason. Uh, <laughs> but, too uh, much. Yeah, he gets he gets through the cut enough for a lot of these windier tournaments. And you know, outside of this tournament, it, I mean, he won it back in thirteen. He I mean played well last year too. He always seems to be a guy that can kind of find a way. To make his, you know, make a weekend for him. So I'm not saying playing him in cash, but I definitely think in the AK range with all these names that you were just mentioning, because he's probably going to go under, under own. No doubt about that. He get, he'll get overlooked quite a bit. Uh, Jesse, what do you like in this eight thousand dollar range? Yeah, it's like the most tilting range possible. I think Xander will be super chalky. I do like him though. I mean, it's hard not to like him at that price in this field. Um, he's a proven winner and has won in much much stronger fields. So. Uh, it's, it's hard to pass on him. Um, Ollie, I think, is interesting. He's, like, so hard for me to predict, though. Every time I play him, he sucks. When I don't, he burns me. Um, so I, I can see some GPP merit in him. I, I mean, I'm pretty much, you know, can second basically everything else that you guys say. Uh, one guy I will mention that you guys didn't is Cheston Hadley. He did finish fourth here in 2015 um, and is coming off 18th last week. Oh, no, not last week. He can't be finished 18th at the Houston Open. Uh, last week, he finished 7th. Seventh. Seventh. So, two straight top 20s with a top 10. Um, it's kind of hard to stomach paying 85 for Chesson, but, you know, with with this field, um, you got to make some choices somewhere. Uh, I'm on board with Pat. Palmer, you know, he's just uh, he just tilts me to no end. Hostler, <laughs> I... I've said before that I, I won't not play him when they're in Texas. It's just something about Texas for whatever reason. You know, he finished second at the Houston Open in that playoff against Poulter um, three weeks ago. So I'll probably have some hostler this week. I like it a lot. Now let's go into the region where everyone resides, or at least like 60% of the field, the $7,000 range. And Jesse, kick us off with a few you're liking down here. Yeah, this. I mean, you can make teams down here and – it's entirely possible that, you know, your top six are in this range, especially given the fact that half the fucking field is in the range. Um, so starting at the top, uh, I do think Keegan uh, is playable. He did miss the cut here last year, but uh, he's made four straight cuts on tour and only missed really two since October. Um, so he's been a lot more consistent this year than he was last year. 
Uh, two more guys right at 7,700, Lovemark and Strillman. Um, I'll probably place quite a bit of Strillman again this week. He finished seventh last week. Um, and Lovemark has been kind of coming on. He has made the cut two straight years here uh, and has some pretty good finishes recently, you know, with the seventh, the Honda, 24th, Houston. So um, been playing much better. Keith Mitchell is another guy at 74. My issue with him is I've already seen his name, like almost as much as – Luke List, and if he's going to be chalky, like, I don't want any part of him. Uh, he's like my sneaky play, you know. I mean, if Bucks was here, he'd back me on that. Oh, big time. Like, um, but he's finished uh, he finished sixth in Houston, you know, three weeks ago. Uh, he did play last week. I think he missed the cut last week, didn't he? No, he made, uh, made the cut terrible on the weekend. Didn't play well. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, those those aren't loaded. Like, last week's not loaded. T55. Uh, Kokrak, uh, I do think has some merits. Watney, Wise at 7,300. Um, Mullinax could be interesting. Bryce Garnett's another guy who's just been playing good golf here recently. Uh, he was in the field last week, finished 42nd. Um, but he does have a win uh, in Puerto Rico. Corey Connors, another guy who's interesting. My boy Adam Shank. I was hoping you'd mention him. Whenever you want to call. Never played here, but he's made four straight cuts. Uh, Tom Lovelady, another bomber um, who I like a lot this week. I think he could potentially do well here. What did he finish? Did he play Houston? Yeah, I mean, he made the cut at Houston. Didn't do that great. Uh, Andrew Landry recently had a baby. He played last week. I think he missed the cut, or did he, he made the cut last week too, didn't he? Yeah, he finished uh, 42nd, had a terrible Sunday. He was 7-under going into Sunday and just played awful. So, another guy, and last but not least, another guy I've seen a bunch already, Kevin Tway, Balmer, finished third here last year. I heard a lot of Tway already. Uh, Rob, who are you liking down here? Yeah, a lot of the same names. Uh, JB at 7-8. Uh, I think he plays well in the win. Yeah, obviously, you can't putt for crap, so – he fits in the narrative. Uh, Grayson Murray at 7.3. Missed the cut last week, and everybody hates him, so he'll go low on. Um, but he's actually been really good off the tee lately. So if he can figure something out in terms of approach, he'd be all right. I mean, he had back-to-back at the Shell and Arnie Palmer, uh, 14 place finishes, and then missed the cut last week by one. Uh, Wise at 7.3. Mitchell at 7-4. Uh, Dylan Fratelli got a sponsor's exemption, the UT product. Everybody in Texas take care, takes care of Texans, so he'll be around. Um, he's pretty quality for 7400 7, especially what he's done in the Euro Tour. Um, outside of that, I've seen like Marty Keimer at 7200 He's still coming off injury. I'm not trusting that yet, but figured I'd mention his name. Um and then, yeah, that's pretty much it for 7,000 range. I think you mentioned pretty much everybody that I'd be looking at at this point. Yeah, there's only 73 golfers to choose from, so there'll be a lot to like down here. And I actually I actually counted there's 73 freaking golfers. It's unbelievable. Over half the field. Um, but, yeah, I'm just going to – I'll run through it because you guys have hit on most of them. I echo the Keegan Bradley sentiments. If you've listened to past episodes, I talked about how well he's playing right now, at least consistency-wise. Uh, GPP-wise – you want to talk bombers, Jamie Lovemark, 7,700. Just don't watch him putt, but it's, he's played better of late, so it's 7,700 bucks. I don't mind it. 
I do like Streelman at 77, though, like Chelsea said. That's a guy we're, we're on most weeks more times than not, and he's played pretty well here off that T7, too. It's nice. Um, farther down we go, like uh, Surrey at 7,600. First time here playing really, really good golf, though, so I'll take my chances with Surrey at 76. No one mentioned my boy, John Huh, at 7,400 bucks. <laughs> he, start, he started out on fire last week, finished T23 as he kind of scuffled on Friday and Saturday. But uh, at that price tag, I'll take him again. He's made five or six cuts here, coming off a T22 last year. Uh, at 7400 bucks, I definitely like me some John Huh. Uh, Scott Piercy? Or no, I, I fucked it. Yeah. At 7400 bucks, uh, definitely an intriguing GPP option here. He's a bomber. He's playing well of late. Three straight made cuts, four or five with uh, three top 25s in there. He's made three or four cuts at this tournament. So Piercy at 74, I think can be a low-owned play down below there as well. You know, you got um, a guy playing really, really bad, and he's what's priced up a ton before, and you want to talk about another bomber, so I'll throw him out there. He's for GPPs. Johnny Vegas is 7300 He's made. He's not playing great, but his price tag's dropped a ton. Made 11 of 13 cuts this year, five straight. E34 last time he played here, so he's an intriguing GPP option. You mentioned Watney, who I'm always in on. Stu Sink, 7100 bucks for your cash game plays. Still always down there making cuts. Uh, you mentioned Shank, who I like, and Tway. So, yeah, tons of guys to like down here, as always. If you have questions, hit us up in the SD Slack chat with all your answers. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get into the $6,000 range where you have another 30 or so. But literally, 7K and below, you have almost you have over 100 golfers. That's impressive. Impressive. Um, Rob, kick us off in the 6K range. Yeah, so a couple, couple of names uh, that I saw. Uh, Nate Lashley at 6,900. Um, he's like 21st in strokes to the green on his last ball, um, 17th in around the green. Uh, Abraham Answer, who is 11th in tee to green, last 12. He's 13th in DK points. He had a 16th at the Valspar and 8th at the Shell. Uh, surprising, I guess, see him at with a million people in the seven kids, I guess you got to go somewhere. And then Bronson Burgoon, who also had a good showing at the shell, another Texas kind of guy. Uh, he's seventh in uh, part five scoring. So he can get it out there. He had a, he had a rough week, uh, rough Saturday at the shell, but he had three rounds in the 60s before that. So, or two before and one on Sunday. I like it. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, he, I mean, he stole all mine. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Um, but I like Lashley, Answer, and Burgoon. Uh, another guy I mentioned, Denny McCarthy. Uh, I mean, I'd really say just not play anybody in this range. But if you're down here, you know these are the best options in my opinion. Denny McCarthy, uh, 43rd in Houston three weeks ago. Did finish fourth in Puerto Rico uh, the week before that. So. Um, been playing pretty well at 6,900. Not a bad price for him. Um, I mean, it's it's tough down here. I, it, it's going to be difficult. Not, I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to not spend the full 50k. But I think this is really a week where if you just don't spend the full 50k, like you could be in good shape. Obviously, if you get everything right. But like, I I don't know. I don't know that I want to go down here. So. It's a weird week, man. Yeah. If you go balanced lineups, you can avoid this 6K pretty well. But if you're not, I agree. Answer is one of the top ones. I've seen his name a lot already today. 
for this 6K range. I do like uh, Armor quite a bit at 6,900, coming in in good form as well. He did miss the cut his only time here last year. Uh, Burgoon is a guy I really do like at 67. I'm glad you mentioned him. Lastly, it's not sexy, and if for some reason you need a $6,600 player, I don't mind Ben Crane, who actually has played well in his two, last two cuts here. He's made three straight cuts on tour at 6600 bucks. Basically, you're only using him if you're paying through the roof for guys, but uh, he does offer something at 66. But yeah, try to stay out of here if you can. Probably your best bet. All right, that wraps up the price by price picks. Let's get to our usual final segments here and talk punts. Uh, Rob, what are your, you know, give us a couple punts you have on the week. Um, I would go with the answer. He's 150 to 1. Um, and then. Actually, a guy that we didn't talk about because he's probably not worth mentioning is perfect in the punt category is Nick Taylor. He's made the cut here twice. He's terrible here, or terrible right now, but yeah. he's made the cut twice. He's got a hefty number attached to his name if you want to try and make some cash off of it. Yeah, both his cuts, T22 and T21. So when he played well, he played really well. So mm-hmm. uh, Jesse, what do you got a couple punts for us? Can I, can I, can I not go below seven and just say sh- uh, Shank and, and Love Lady? I'll let it slide this week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, my two punts, uh, answer and armor below 7K, the two I'd be looking at uh, down there. Let's talk bus. Give us uh, a bust or two of the week for you, Rob. One or two is fine. I got to see Uh I feel like him being in that final group last week took a lot out of him, especially how, how well he didn't putt down the stretch. 8,600, he's going to fit. Maybe I hope people are playing in cash because I'm not. Um, he's going to fit in that narrative where he's playing well. He could probably play well, but he's also a guy that if he's four over on the front nine on Thursday, he's going to quit pretty quick. So I'm avoiding that guy at all costs. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I'll say uh, I'll say Hoffman and Horschel. Um, I think Horschel, you know, just had the hot putter last week. Maybe he can, he can bring it over. I don't know, and I just I don't know. I, try, I don't trust Charlie. At, 10,900. I got Siwoo. Just like you, Rob, I agree with everything you said. I think people are going to be on the train because of how well he did last week, and it's just not going to work out. And then Snedeker would be the other one I'm looking at to not come through. Uh, Rob, give us uh, about a three-man core you're going to be looking to build around most of your lineups. Um, I would say Egan. Uh, probably going to play ZJ too much, which isn't a good thing. And then front and steel. My three guys. I like those guys. You can't hate them. Uh, Jesse, what about you? Uh, I mean, at this point, uh, Luke List, is, he's got to be in there for me, even if he is chalky. Um, I do like Mitchell quite a bit. And, uh, man, I'm a, I'm, I'm, man <laughs> week, Adam Scott. <clears throat> oh, God. <laughs> hey, it worked out for you last week with Molinari. It wasn't, like, great, but he made the cut for you. Oh, yeah. Um, um, <laughs> Well, you were you were you were dreading that. Uh, my core, if I have to go there, I do like list a ton. I'll have him scattered, but Xander, Perez, and Huh will be in my core. Let's go with the winners. Pick a winner. What do you got, Rob? I'm gonna have to go Luke List. He's he's done everything he's possibly could except for win in the last month. So I think it's about time. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, he's he's twenty two to one. Um, he was. Uh, Gonna be my pick as well, but since it's okay, he was my pick as well. So that's pretty. <laughs> we, we, we've never had a. We've never like had a, a he has to win, doesn't he? 
Yeah, we've never exactly. had a consensus on this podcast. That's not <laughs> good. That's real not good. I, I think no. Xander had some value earlier. I saw some people tweeting about him. He opened at 41, 40 to one. He's already down to thirty three to one. So um, I'll take Xander again. Yeah, Xander was one of my other ones I was looking at. So let me get creative now. Um, <laughs> lists, li- I had lists then Xander. PP is down to twenty five to one. I can't, I can't, I can't use him. I gotta use him for my, who? Xander? Perez. That I was looking at either Perez or Steele. I like both of them to put a nice run together this week. I'll go, I'll go Steele. They're both he's, forty-one. He's won here before, but I do like List. List was my original. Men's yeah, under, so we'll I, mean, steal I think everybody likes lists, so that, I don't know how well that translates to this week. Yeah, and not everybody can be happy. We know this. <laughs> uh, all right, well, that'll wrap us up for this week. Uh, any final thoughts, Rob? No, not really. I think as Jesse's pointed to many times, it's just not the greatest of fields, but it's golf, and it's there on the weekend, so it'll give me something to do. There you go. What about you, Jesse? Heck yeah! Hopefully the uh, we have a little bit better weather this week and we get to watch the final round. Um, and like you said earlier, Bubba, all three of us are in the uh, Slack chat all the time. So anybody who wants an invite, hit one of us three up, and we can send you an invite. And we got baseball, basketball, which is obviously winding down a little bit, but uh, we'll have football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got it all in there. Whatever you need, just come degen with the rest of us. Um, But until then, thanks for listening, everybody. This was your always pressing PGA DFS podcast preview of the Valero Texas Open. Catch you guys next time.